Today in episode 23 of the Unperfect Podcast, I'm going in a slightly different direction than your typical New Year's show. Rather than give you all my biblical and practical insights on starting the year running, I'm going to be talking about what to do when you're stuck. If you're feeling stuck in last year or in a season you're struggling to exit, then I think you'll find some encouragement and hope for getting unstuck. So listen in. Welcome to the Unperfect Podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Sneed, and I'm here to help you see glimpses of God's glory among life's imperfections. If you've ever struggled with measuring up to an unattainable standard or wondered where is God during less than perfect circumstances, congratulations, you're officially human and you're not alone. Hope and probably a bit of humor are coming up. Welcome back, my unperfect friends. I have been listening to a lot of great podcast episodes this past week, which happens to be the first week of January 2024, like how to make sure your goals are in line with God's Word over at She Works This Way, the Patreon account, or the insightful list of things learned over the previous year at the Balanced MomCast, uh, even a restful and positive alternative to dieting over at the Contented Table on Substack, just to name a few. And these shows are great. Go find them when you're done listening to me ramble today. And if you're viewing this new year or new season like a racehorse at the starting gate, you're just chomping at the bit to run, I applaud you. And I'm excited for what God's going to do in and through you. I'm in your corner, your cheerleader. Feel free to drop me an email. Tell me all about it. I can pray for you. I can celebrate with you. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that some of you, like me, feel stuck too stuck to move into this new season. You have goals, you have dreams, and they're God-given, but you just feel stuck. Maybe stuck in last year, maybe last season. But instead of rearing to go at the gate, you feel like you're trudging through quicksand. So today's episode is for you and me, because that's where I find myself also. We're going to look at some biblical truths and apply some practical strategies and mantras to free our hearts, minds, and bodies to do the work God has called us to do in this new season. So as always, I'm starting this show with some personal stories, a glimpse into my crazy, imperfect world. As I record this podcast, it is January 5th, 2024, but I am stuck doing things that were supposed to be completed in 2023, such as but not limited to, sending out my Christmas cards. Yes, I realize Christmas is over, but mine was a little chaotic. Just three days before my family of seven was supposed to fly across the country to Colorado to visit my in-laws for the holidays. And less than 24 hours after the marathon Christmas shopping day I spent with my husband that I told you guys about in episode 22, I was diagnosed with RSV. And folks, it felt like I had the flu. So lots of stuff did not get done before or during the trip. Also, my oldest son had planned to propose to his now fiance before the cards went out, but there was a delay in the ring and thus the proposal. So I didn't feel great about sending out cards that included her picture, but no explanation as to why she was there and listed as an honorary family member. So here I am on January 5th, finishing them up. By the way, side note, I'm beyond ecstatic about my son's engagement. He did, in fact, propose to his fiancée on New Year's Eve, 
And y'all, he's marrying up. She's amazing, beautiful, inside and out. She loves Jesus. For some reason, she loves our chaotic, crazy family. So I didn't want that sentiment to get lost in this negative narrative about starting the year stuck, because that was by far one of my top memories and treasures of 2023. But anyway, also, I can't just blame all the delay and stuckness on my RSV or my son's engagement date, because even though my husband's executive assistant has tried to help me with an Excel spreadsheet to organize my addresses, every year I still come up missing multiple addresses and having to round them up via the internet or various family members, etc. So that's what I've been up to this week. Uh, I'm also suffering from a lot of back pain and sciatica, which I think was re-engaged during my fateful move on an ice skating rink in Colorado, when I decided to do a trick that I had no training or business doing, and one that landed me flat on my face, flat on my knee, etc. And lastly, depression, my monthly friend who comes visiting came calling this week. Yay, me! So just in case I haven't Debbie downed you enough, I got one more story to set the stage for our discussion today. While many other folks came rolling into the new year on fancy inline skates, I came rolling backward into an 18-passenger van, literally. On New Year's Eve, I sat at Walmart waiting for my grocery pickup for an ungodly amount of time when I finally realized that I'd ordered them at a different Walmart. Not the one I was at and not the one I usually get my groceries at. I don't know how that happens. But in my frustration when I discovered this, I just backed up out of my spot straight into another van. There were other things I'd hoped to be on top of already this week, this year, and leave behind me packaged with a bow in 2023, but they just didn't get done. And I love how Sarah Haggerty put it over on Substack where she said, Several days in, 2024 has felt less like the turning of a page and more like a run-on sentence. Shouldn't there be a period somewhere in here? I'd like to demarcate an ending and declare a new beginning, but only the calendar tells me it's so. It feels a bit like September 22nd, the calendar telling me it's fall while my bare feet burn on the pavement in 93 degrees. That is how I'm feeling except for the 93 degrees part. I live in the mountains where the pavement is never 93 degrees, but I totally agree with her sentiment. Have any of you ever felt like that? Like you're super excited about the new year or new possibilities or new adventures, new endeavors, but it's like you just can't quite shake the effects of the last one off. Like if you could just make it out of the quicksand, you would be off to the races. Super duper productive, intentional, creative, insert whatever your word is for the year here. Well, today I want to give you some reassurances from God's Word and my own tool bag of getting unstuck tricks that not only are you not alone, but you're going to be okay, and you're going to get exactly where God wants you to be. So here we go. First of all, don't let man-made traditions direct your spirit-led trajectory. So here's a little history lesson for you. The ancient Babylonians were the first to hold New Year's celebrations, some like 4,000 years ago, as a time where people made promises to the gods to pay their debts and, I think this is hilarious, return any objects borrowed. (laughs) Much later, Julius Caesar, emperor of Rome around 46 B.C., is the one who established January 1 as the beginning of the new year, naming 
the month for Janus, the two-faced god who could look into the future. So the Romans often offered sacrifices to this deity in the promise of a good year. So since then, we've transitioned from promises to the gods to promises to ourselves in the form of New Year's resolutions. So here's some good news right off the bat. I don't owe a God anything. Colossians 2, 13 through 14 emphatically declares that my God paid all my debt in full and has given me access to all that He is, not just on January 1, but 365 days a year. Can I get an amen on that? I'm not saying New Year's resolutions are heretical. By all means, make some. I'm just saying Jesus never said your new life order must begin on a specific day of every year. So, If I have some tasks I wasn't able to complete in December or in 2023, I could still very well be right on time because my times are in His hands. That is straight from Psalm 3115. My times are in His hands, not in a man-made calendar. So if today, this week, or this month didn't go as planned, take heart. His compassions are brand new every morning. We are promised that in Lamentations 3. 22 and 23. Goals are great and we wouldn't get far without them. And I have them for sure. But spiritually speaking, January is no different from April or September or December. Every day is a new day. Every day is New Year's Day. And my favorite mantra to remind myself is this. Today is a new day and I can begin again. I first heard that at a family trauma camp and it has beckoned me to believe it ever since. Every day is a gift from God and an opportunity to love Him and follow Him. So if your reset needs to happen on January 15th or March 20th, I am here to give you permission to do that. It's okay. God may have you in this spot for a reason. So don't let man-made traditions direct your spirit-led trajectory, which leads to my next principle. Delays and waiting can be God's way of slowing us down to hear something a little more clearly. Seminary professor Noemi Vega Quinones touched on this when she wrote the following, Waiting is countercultural. It's antithetical to the pace of our daily lives. The technological age we live in values efficiency and urgency. As a culture, we abhor waiting. Our world is not designed to help us stop and reflect on the presence of God at any moment. Listening and waiting, thus, are disciplines we must exercise regularly, especially when it comes to partnering with the Holy Spirit. Our small group spent the month of November studying Sabbath. We were using a free curriculum from John Mark Comer's Practicing the Way curriculum. I highly recommend it. I'll put a link in the show notes. But even though we were focusing primarily on the Sabbath, We learned a lot about slowing down, resting, and focusing on what matters most. And one thing stood out to me very poignantly, and it was this. There's only three things in your life that cannot be done by someone else. It's your walk with God, being a spouse, being a parent. Other than that, your work, your career, your ministry, you're not that important. Someone else can do it. But those three things, walking with God, being a parent, being a spouse, you're the only one who can show up and do it. They will crash and burn without you. And I just thought that was such a powerful way to view our priorities. And sometimes when we feel stuck, especially when circumstances outside our control have put us there, 
it can be an opportunity for us to evaluate not only why we feel behind or lethargic or dispassionate, but also what we need to tweak in our lives, what we need to let go of or slow down so we can hear God more closely to find direction in. It's a great time to really reset and view our priorities. I once read that Abraham waited 25 years, Joseph waited 13 years, Moses waited 40 years, David waited around 15 years, and Jesus waited 30 years. So if God's making you wait, take heart. You are in mighty good company. Next, I think sometimes we get stuck in regret. I love the perspective that author and speaker John Acuff puts on this in his All It Takes is a Goal podcast and in the book by the same title. He says, rather than saying, I am a bad blank, say, I am a new blank. Like instead of saying, I'm a bad parent, say, I'm a new parent because I'm new at whatever this season of parenting is that I'm in. Bad pauses you, he says, but new nudges you. And some of you may be thinking like I have in the past, but I'm not new at this. I've been doing this a while and I'm still stinking it up. So you might even change John's saying to, I'm not a bad blank. I'm an imperfect blank. And hear me say this. I'm not suggesting you use this mantra as an excuse for sin, nor was he. If you've messed up in your life, you've hurt someone else, including your kid, you absolutely should repent and make that right. I've had to apologize to my own kids and spouse more times than I'd like to count. I'm just suggesting that you change your mindset as a motivator to get unstuck from the condemnation that Romans 8, 1 says we should not be experiencing in the first place. Bad pauses you, new or imperfect, that can nudge you. And there's a whole day devoted to moving from regret to hope in Embracing Unperfect, which is the seven-day dive currently being offered on my website. So if this is a big struggle for you, check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. All right, this next one relates to how the goals get accomplished, how the things get done, because we can often get stuck in our own perfectionism or alternate realities that things are not going according to the original blueprint. So here is a mantra we need to adopt. Done is better than perfect. Let me say that again for the perfectionist in the back. Done is better than perfect. This nugget was shared with me by my mother-in-law when I was shamefully showing her some imperfections in a quilt I had made. And that thought has stuck with me ever since. I can be excited about finishing something late or not as strictly as I had intended it to be completed because of the sheer fact that it is now finished. When I place my Christmas cards in the postal box tomorrow on January 6th, I'm having a dance party, not because I'm not embarrassed that it's two weeks past Christmas. I assure you, I am a little. I don't get embarrassed that easily over that kind of stuff. But I will be dancing because it's done. In Acts 20, verse 24, Paul, that's where Paul said that famous line, I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the gospel of grace. Now, he didn't say finish without any mistakes, hurdles, postponements, or detours. He himself was in a season of unknowns when he said this. Just two sentences prior, he said, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I actually have no idea what's going to happen there. But his commitment was to finish. So sure, do your best work. Absolutely work at things with all your heart. I'm not suggesting we settle for shabby. I'm just encouraging you to celebrate done 
even if it's not perfect or if it's not done exactly the way you wanted it to be. Okay, my last suggestion and encouragement for you is this. If you're finding yourself stuck, stuck in yesterday, stuck in last year, stuck in regret, stuck in perfectionism, stuck in depression, stuck in a circumstance you can't change, here it is. Take the next step. Just take one step. Desmond Tutu wisely said, there's only one way to eat an elephant, and that's one bite at a time. It is great when you can approach goals with the end in mind, but sometimes when you're stuck and that's just too overwhelming, just approach the next step and ask God to show you what it is. Isaiah is packed full with some assurances that God will guide us in our next step. In chapter 30, verse 21, he says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk in it. In Isaiah 58, 11, he says, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. In Isaiah 48, 17, he says, I am the Lord your God who leads you in the way you should go. So what's your next step? Maybe the thought of losing 30 pounds keeps you hiding under the covers in the morning in discouragement. I get it. I pretty much existed on Hershey Kisses for the entire month of December. So just take one step. Maybe that's go walk around the block or add a few healthier meals to your weekly routine. Maybe writing a book has you paralyzed. So just write an article or an essay today. Take the next step. Maybe your health is preventing you from doing some things you really want to do. So focus on one thing that you can do. I don't know where God has you or how you feel stuck, but I know there's a you-sized, God-empowering next step waiting for you. So name it and take it. So hopefully you found some encouragement and hope in today's episode. Encouragement not to let man-made traditions direct your spirit-led trajectory, but to wake up with His mercy in the morning and say, today's a new day, I can begin again. Encouragement to keep in mind that delays and waiting can be God's way of slowing us down to hear something a little more clearly. I hope you were encouraged to remind yourself you're not bad at this, you're just imperfect at it to celebrate the fact that done is better than perfect. And lastly, if you're overwhelmed with stuckness, just take the next right step. And special thanks to poet and blogger Jody Collins over at Substack for reminding me in her newsletter just today that tomorrow when my cards leave the post office on January 6th, according to Epiphany, it is still considered Christmas time. Yay me! Let the happy dance begin. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick rating and review. It only takes a second, and it helps other unperfect people like us find the podcast so they can be encouraged too. And as always, I'm praying you have a blessed week and are able to see glimpses of glory in the now and the not yet of your unperfect life. See you next time. Unperfect, a good word for life here in the now and the not yet, mentioned in 1 John 3, 2. When life deals us imperfections, we're often quoted Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for our good, or James 1, 2, that we should count it all joy when we face trials. And while these scriptures are absolutely true, they don't promise lives absent of disappointment or pain. So how do we live in that tension? Well, today I'm offering some help, 
hope, and healing in Embracing Unperfect, a seven-day dive to fully living the life you've been dealt. You'll receive seven daily emails addressing obstacles that hinder our ability to live fully in the lives we've been given. Each day offers biblical insights, actionable steps, and additional resources for deeper exploration, and also a recording if you want to dive in on the go. Seven days, seven minutes, seven dollars. For the cost of a latte, you'll be getting more than a caffeine boost. You'll get a taste of freedom to move from resistance to acceptance, from hiding to authenticity, from comparison to contentment, from control to surrender, from regret to hope, from insignificance to purpose, and from worry to peace. So check out the link to order today and let's dive into Embracing Unperfect together.